0: Okay, please open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 6 Revelation chapter 6, the last book of the New Testament written by the Apostle John at the end of the first century and what you're going to read today is initially what occurs up in the third heaven and will have direct application to those on the earth The Apostle John was raptured, chapter 4 verse 1 and he is a good type of the church And we looked at the five beasts from chapter 5 and the 24 elders who are very much in awe of this great God that we serve. And from that picture of worship, that picture of holiness, intimacy, we arrive at chapter 6, the chapter of death. And I'll explain that as we go through the next 17 verses. But let's start today's broadcast, if we may, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. And I saw the lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. One of the four beasts, one of the living creatures, Cherubim, or Seraphim, very similar in uh, description. We looked at the Isaiah and Ezekiel account over the last couple of weeks to see that there's a slight difference between both of the higher form of the angelic world whereas angels per se don't have wings are somewhat lower but nevertheless are still used and here John sees the lamb being Christ of course opening one of the seals in total seven and that number seven appears time after time in the book of Revelation I'll come back to that in a moment but John sees the lamb opening one of the seven seals And in chapter 6, there will be six seals opened. Chapter 8, we read about the uh, seventh seal. And he says how he heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. An absolute deafening sound, no doubt. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. Very reminiscent to John's gospel. We've come across the Messiah, the uh, son of Joseph. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And the Lord says to, I think it's... uh, Andrew for memory. Come and see. Come and see. Take a good long hard look. And here the cherubims The four beasts. Are going to be. Somehow affiliated. To the four horsemen. Known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Look at verse 2 please. And I saw and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering. And to conquer. Most of your Bibles say that this. Description of a man on a white horse with a bow is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is incorrect. This is one of the descriptions of the Antichrist. White horse, you think of purity. A bow, you think of someone who's coming to put someone down. And yet, where's the arrow? It's missing, of course. This is a picture of peace, a false peace, described back in Daniel chapter 9 and a crown was given unto him this individual has authority he has a power base and he went forth conquering and to conquer Christ didn't conquer anyone John Calvin would kill over 50 people during his reign of terror back in the 16th century in Geneva, Switzerland the popes of Rome from the 4th century up until the 19th century killed over 50 million people Muhammad would kill many people. He, Muhammad, he, the Pope of Rome, he, Calvin, went forth conquering and a conquer. But of course in the context it's speaking about the Antichrist who is yet to arrive on the scene. On top of that, the Antichrist is a great counterfeit of the Christ. And I put it to you this morning that without your Bibles opened, without the Holy Ghost living with inside you, you'd have no idea who the Christ is compared to the Antichrist and when the Antichrist arrives after the church has been raptured most of the world are going to fall for him they're going to receive him with open arms look at verse 3 please and when he had opened the second seal the second beast say come and see come and see this come and see that roll up you get the picture this is a show like has never been seen before the second seal Has been opened. And the second beast. The second cherubim. Or the second seraphim. But probably cherubim. Is speaking to John. And he says come and see. But don't forget verse 1. The lamb has opened the first of seven seals. And people say Jesus is meek and mild. Yes he was. Son of Joseph first coming. But second coming son of David. He's going to come back and put people down. It's going to be. His way or the highway. He'll take no prisoners. And that's why we plead to people. To get saved. Repent or else you will perish. Look at verse 4 please. There went out. Another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat thereon. To take peace from the earth. And that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. A red horse. Power. Authority was given to him, granted to him, from heaven, Christ would say to Pilate, you have no authority over me, if it hadn't been given to you from above, you were told over in Romans 13, how the powers that be are ordained of God, you were told to pray for those in authority, not to vote for them, There went out, another horse that was red, verse 4, red of course denotes death, and power was given to him, that sat thereon, to take peace from the earth, At the moment we have a peace, which is limited. We have freedom, which is limited. We have the ability to do what we do. And as long as we have that right, especially in the West, let's take advantage of it. But the day is coming when peace will be taken from the earth. And that they should kill one another. When I first read this, some weeks ago I thought to myself, I just wonder if... The horseman from verse 2 is going to kill the horseman in verse 4. And I looked at some of my commentaries and not one of them picked up that thought. And there was given unto him a great sword. So a sword has been mentioned in verse 4. And there's no no reason to spiritualise this. I know this book is loaded with symbols. But that's okay. If we take our time we can decipher The symbols, but it says again that they should kill one another. It seems to me, like I say, that the first horseman of the apocalypse, verse 2, is going to kill the second horseman of the apocalypse, verse 4. I may be wrong when I say that, but that's what I'm thinking about even this morning as I'm reading this and recording this message. But they get power from heaven. And that goes back to Romans chapter 13. Now, the powers that be are ordained of God. And I'm no Calvinist, but I do believe that Almighty God is sovereign. The Jews called him El Alion. Look at verse 5, please. And when he had opened the third seal, I the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld and oh, a black horse. And he that selling him had a pair of balances in his hand. Most people think that when you die and you go into the next life, you pass over, as they say, that you arrive at the gates of heaven and St. Peter is there with a register, a piece of paper, a checklist, and the first thing he says to you is, Is your name here? Who are you? And you start to sweat and you hope that your name's in that list. And if it is, you say praise the Lord And you go through And the pair of balances Are brought into the equation And the Lord starts to weigh the two up People say, well my good works Should outdo the bad works I'm a good Muslim I follow the five pillars of Islam I'm a good Catholic I go to Mass at least twice a year Do my rosary, my deeds and my reads." But here, you've got this Third seal being Opened a third beast is still speaking to John. Come and see. Take a look at this. And I beheld I know a black horse. So we've gone from a white horse to a red horse to a black horse. This is not black beauty. And I beheld I know a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balancers in his hand. Masculine pronouns. I'm sorry but this is a book written by men. Concerning men for the most part. The first person that was made was a man. The second man that was created was a man, Christ Jesus. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. And that's not chauvinism. But he's got a pair of balances in his hand. And again, I looked at some of the commentaries a few weeks ago to try and understand what this is all about. And again, they don't know. And that's okay. I think it was... Sam Jones, perhaps, who said that. When you come across somebody who knows every verse in the Bible, look out. Because only God knows every, wo- every verse in the Bible. You can have a good understanding of the Bible. And I'm just a student of Scripture. I don't offer myself as a, as a great authority. I'm very much learning on the job. But here, this third beast has a pair of balances in his hand. You've been judged. You've been Wade, you've been examined and found wanting. Let's keep reading on. Maybe we'll come back to verse five and see what we can do with that piece of scripture. Look at verse six, please. I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts, say, "A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny." I said, "That hurt not." The oil and the wine, penny English money. But on top of that, you've got another voice being heard in the midst of the four beasts, cherubim, which stand in the presence of the Lord, six wings, their first set of wings cover their eyes, because they are in the presence of deity, their second set of wings cover their feet, because they are on holy ground, and their third set of wings, allow them to go from A to B, I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. When we get raptured. You will have to take the mark of the beast to survive. And with no mark of the beast. You won't survive. And many will take the mark of the beast. Because they're not saved. They are the goats. They are the tares. But if you are one of those people. Who takes the mark of the beast. You will be damned. Also of interest to me. Chapter 6. Verse 6. And also verse 12. You've got 666. This is a chapter of despair, destruction and death. And here inflation is about to rocket. And people say that the UK is currently going through a difficult time. Yes, to some extent. And yet you ain't seen nothing yet. 7. And we need to open the fourth seal. And the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see." And looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. A power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, capital D in your King James Bibles, comma, and hell, capital H, followed with him. A strange description. And I read a commentary some months ago to see what they made of this piece of scripture. And the suggestion was that during the tribulation, those that are in hell, first death, not second death, are going to be resurrected. And they're going to be dragged across the earth. Now, pitch that for a moment. And I've seen many horror shows before I was saved. And I saw many horror movies before I was saved. Uh, Most people like to be scared. Kind of normal. And yet the thought of millions of unsaved people burning in hell, degenerating into an animal uh, form of some kind, like a worm, like a maggot, found over in uh, Mark chapter 9, to be resurrected, to be put on the earth, is horrifying. Pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him, And power, authority, was given unto them over the fourth parts of the earth. So fourth parts of the earth are going to be massacred. And I mean massacred. Which, from memory, is around two billion people. They're going to be killed with sword. Public executions, you see that online today in Islamic countries. People like uh, IS killing people with a sword. Killing their own people with a sword. Not just Kafirs, not just non-Muslims. On top of public executions, which will no doubt be televised and streamed. Hunger, feeding back to verse 5 and 6. Inflation, rocketing. People queuing up. After World War II, the German Deutschmark crashed. And women were selling their bodies for loaf of bread. And around 1945, going to 1946, Berlin Zoo was empty. They ate the animals. They were starving. And with death. And I just wonder if cannibalism is going to also be occurring during the Great Tribulation. But of course, we're not going to be here. People say, no, 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 the church has to go through the tribulation to be purged. No, 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 we were purged. Hebrews 1, Hebrews 2, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4. Chapter 1, I should say, verse 2, 3, and 4. And Mary wasn't mentioned once. Over in Hebrews 1 to 4. Neither Muhammad, nor the popes, nor John Calvin. But the latter part of verse 8 is of interest to me. And with the beasts of the earth. You've got four groups of people here. That are going to be involved with the destruction of a fourth of the earth. You've got sword, hunger, death and beasts of the earth. Could be angelic to some extent. Could be wild animals being let loose. I'm not overly sure. And yet you were told over in Romans 8 that no one or nothing could separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says even the beasts can't destroy you. But of course that piece of scripture is aimed at the church age. And I don't believe that when the tribulation begins that the plan of salvation changes. I know some people say that when the tribulation begins it's a faith and works package. I don't believe that. That's a very popular view. And they go back to the Old Testament these people say that they were saved by faith and works. I don't buy that either. You're no good. You never have been any good. It's always been grace, imputation. I grant you this, nobody's born again until probably Acts chapter 1. But the apostles were saved pre-Acts chapter 1. The Lord said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And he said, don't uh, rejoice in the fact that the devils are in subjection to you. Rejoice that your names, present tense, are written in heaven. They were saved through imputation. But they weren't born again until Acts chapter 1. Which I appreciate is somewhat controversial. But you can't please everyone. Look at verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. And for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying. How long O Lord? Holy and true. Dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Christ Jesus is very much in control of this. He made the earth. And he allows men to live on the earth. And we are the custodians of the earth. We have the keys, if you will, in a spiritual sense, to the earth. But it's like this. You allow someone to move into your home. And you say, here are the keys. Look after my home. I'll come back when I'm good and ready. And over a period of time, you invite unwanted friends into your home. Well, that's not your home. It's the landlord's home. And you start to smash it up. You start to desecrate it and defile it and eventually the landlord says hey that's my house you smashed the windows you've done this you've done that he'll take it to court that's his right and if somebody was to be found dead in his home you go before a court and you'd uh, you'd be found guilty of manslaughter perhaps or murder how much more when you defile this earth and you kill people and you abuse people Christ has the keys, which are non-transferable. He has the title deeds to this earth, chapter 5. And here, as the creator of the earth, as the landlord of the earth, he's going to punish the earth. And this is something which almost no church in the UK would even dare speak about. They will spiritualize this piece of scripture. Meek and mild Jesus. Hmm. And when he'd opened the fifth seal, nine, I saw under the altar third heaven the souls of them that were slain for the word of God martyred for the word of God lowercase w in your King James Bible of the testimony which they held these people lived it these people were something else and this crowd of individuals mirror what I read about two years ago from Fox's Book of Martyrs such were detained interrogated, tortured, abused and yet didn't deny the Lord nor the faith. But they are pictured here under the altar, crying out with a loud voice. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And the question gets asked, can we see in heaven what is going on on the earth and i say no i don't believe we can see what is going on on the earth what we've got here are a picture of saved people similar to Luke 16:19 to 31 where you've got the rich man arriving in hell and i mean hell seeing father abraham communicating with him and father abraham Is able to communicate back. A two way dialogue. Both have died. As they lived. One saved. One unsaved. And both seem to have retained their attributes. Whilst on the earth. This crowd just arrived in glory. Their souls are in the third heaven. But their bodies are probably in the ground. And therefore. When we get to chapter. 21. The great white throne judgment. You're going to have two crowds of people resurrected, the saved and the unsaved. People think that that judgment is for the church. No, it's not. The church was raptured. Chapter 4, verse 1. And my father's house and many mansions, and when so would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and not so would I would have told you, and I'll bring you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. That's a great picture of the rapture. Those that get resurrected in Revelation chapter 20 are tribulation saints those that died saved but they're going to be resurrected at revelation 20 to get their crowns their rewards not their salvation that was dealt with on the cross so what you got here from 9 and 10 are souls of those that were slain for the word of god absent from the body present with the lord no purgatory they go straight to the third heaven their souls are physical their souls are bodily shaped you got that account again from Luke 16. He had eyes, he could see, he could hear, he could speak, he could feel. But their bodies are in the ground. The body sleeps. The spirit doesn't sleep, but the body sleeps awaiting the resurrection. And they're crying out to the Lord, How much longer, O Lord, when are you going to judge us? For we have been martyred for our faith. So at best, you've got a crowd arriving in eternity, a special crowd who are impatient. And wanting judgment. We can't get from this piece of scripture. The belief that they're able to see earth from the third heaven. And if you could it would be be quite uh, upsetting. Verse 11. And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them they should rest. Yet for a little season to their fellow servants also and their brethren. That should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Sit tight. This is going to run for seven years. You can't speed it up. It will run its own course. You've got white robes given unto them. Picturing the priest class. Picturing holiness. Not imputation. And it's fair to say. Also from Hebrews 11. That some of us. When we arrive in eternity. Are going to get more than others. Some of us are going to get five crowns. Some four. Some three. Some two. And perhaps for the most. Or for the vast majority of people. Especially in the. Twenty first century one crown, because most Christians are indifferent, lazy. White robes given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest for yet little season, and to their fellow servants also and their brethren, tribulation saints, not church age saints, that should be killed, as they were, should be fulfilled. And that term their brethren, you think of the Jews. You were told over in Matthew 25 that the Lord says you've treated my brethren well. My brethren historically are the Jews. And yet, of course, Gentiles will be saved throughout the, uh, the great tribulation. But we are reading a Jewish book focusing very much on the Jewish remnant that get uh, saved throughout the tribulation in chapter 7, which we'll look at next week gives you 12 tribes of the children of Israel not the church 12 and i beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind stars falling from heaven You think of angels, stars are terms for angels. You've got seven stars at the beginning of this book, picturing angels, and yet stars could be literal stars falling from heaven. Great earthquake, the sun becomes black, Matthew 24, a sackcloth of hair, Christ hung on a cross for six hours, and the final three hours of his time on the cross, it went pitch black and that blackness was seen over in Rome according to one Roman historian whose name escapes me and the moon became as blood yes, this is symbolic, of course and yet we can still take this I think to be literal literal stars falling, a literal earthquake a great mighty wind which could also picture a counterfeit of the Holy Ghost we get that from Acts chapter two. A mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting. I don't want to stretch it too much. Fourteen, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain island move out of their places. We've seen many earthquakes over the years, and we've heard about many people being killed. And it's always terrible when earthquakes. Happen around the world. The UK doesn't experience earthquakes, thankfully. We have had some tremors over the last several years, but minor tremors. But here, these earthquakes are going to occur, and I believe at the end of the tribulation, this earth will be over a quarter of its current size. I think from memory, this earth will be reduced down to a quarter. In fact, some have suggested even more than a quarter. Cities could disappear. But it goes on to say how the heaven departs as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island are moved out to their places. That's also found back in Isaiah 24. How the earth spins and how the Lord will consume those on the earth. 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men. And every barman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand. If you speak to those who hold to historicalism, they say that this has happened. They say that Revelation 1 started at Pentecost, and Revelation 22 will conclude... At the second advent of Christ. If that's the case. Then I ask myself this. When did this happen? When do we see stars falling from heaven? 12. When do we see the moon becoming like blood? 12. When do we see mountains and islands being moved out of their places? 14. We haven't. This is still future. Also from verse 15. Seven groups of people that number again, seven, kings of the earth, great men, rich men, chief captains, mighty men, bondmen, free men, hide themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they say to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. Why? Because we are hiding from the face of him that sitteth on a throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. They know what's going on, and yet they don't. Turn from their wickedness, They embrace it even further. For the great day of his wrath is come. 17. The day of the Lord. And who shall be able to stand. No one. Nothing. If you're not saved you're lost. I put it to you today that if you find yourself in the tribulation look out. It's going to be almost impossible to get saved. And yes people are going to be saved. But the price you have to pay is going to be enormous. So that will conclude Revelation chapter 6 17 verses and this chapter commenced with the Lamb opening the first of seven seals but chapter 6 only gives us six seals and again chapter 6 verse 6 verse 12 three sixes 666 despair, destruction and death And this book is lethal, and yet if you take this book seriously, if you read it, if you apply it in a literal sense, if you take your time with it, you will be blessed. Chapter 1, verse 3, but if you mess with this book, if you take words from this book, if you add words to this book, chapter 22, 16 onwards, God will move you out of the new Jerusalem and out of the book of life. Terrible thought, but I will close it there, and next week we'll pick it up in Revelation chapter 7.